This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 71, Submission 637. Herb Abrams Universal Wrestling Federation. Herb Abrams Universal Wrestling Federation aired on Sports Channel America from 1990 to 1991 and also aired on Prime Ticket, estimated from around 1991 to 1992, and aired in reruns on ESPN2 in the mid-1990s and on ESPN Classic from 2008 to sometime in the mid-2010s. Everybody, I'm Craig DeGeorge, along with wrestling's living legend, Bruno Sammartino. Welcome once again to the Universal Wrestling Federation Fury Hour. Well, guys, we teased this episode when we did the live show on the dark side of the ring back in early May. But, man, it is time to discuss the legend that is Herb Abrams and the Universal Wrestling Federation. Really? Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I told you guys the story of Herb Abrams when I submitted it. Uh, Yes, you did. It was a laugh riot. Yes. And we thought, (laughs) that's hilarious. And then, lo and behold, we see on Vice, they're doing a dark side of the ring about Herb Abrams. And we were like, oh, my God. We need to see the reenactment of the baby oil and cocaine story and again it was a laugh riot it was a laugh riot the entire show was a laugh riot but let me tell you something guys that was on that one hour on viceland on her Abrams. that was probably the tip of the iceberg when it came to her Abrams. there was so much crazy stuff about her Abrams life that you that they could not even get to that i have in, in notes for this episode. Now, I got a note. These notes come courtesy of b- the Between the Sheets podcast, the excellent wrestling podcast done by my good friend Chris Zellner and his partner, David Bixenspan. So this comes straight from them. I took copious amounts of notes while listening to the, to the episode they did about the UWF. So, okay. So 
let's get into the background about Herb Abrams. Now, Herb Abrams, he was a businessman. He was a he was a wrestling fan. He was best known back in the day in the like mid late '80s in the uh, L.A. area for a chain of plus size clothing stores for women. Do you know what they were called, guys? I couldn't even imagine. What what were they called? It was called I'm a Big Girl Now. Is that the same as the uh, future installment starring Diana Canova? Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, Herb Abrams, a big wrestling fan. So like any any wrestling fan who has mysterious amounts of money, what do you do? Oh, I could I could do it better than than Vince McMahon. So I'll start my own wrestling promotion. That's not that's not a good idea. No, it's not a good idea. That's a very bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see yeah. if it works out for him. No, yeah. <laughs> so back in August of 1990, at the John Arezzi, uh Wrestling Fans Fantasy Weekend, the formation of the Universal Wrestling Federation was. Formed. Oh, by the way, guys, I know you might be saying, Greg, wasn't there a Universal Wrestling Federation in like the mid 1980s? Yes, but that was the Bill Watts version. And yeah, that's not a future entry. I'm just saying. But the funny part is now you're wondering, well, if there was another promotion called the UWF, the Universal Wrestling Federation, why didn't the other guy like sue him over it? But here's the thing, guys Bill Watts. He never trademarked the Universal Wrestling Federation. Oh, uh oh, that's important. Yes, yeah, that, that's like business one hundred and one. Not good. Yeah, well, this was like nineteen eighty six, and if you know anything about Bill Watts, uh, he his, his mind was probably on other things at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the U the Herb Abrams UWF. So they had a they had a press conference. They ran this ridiculous angle where, like, B. Brian Blair, that jabroni Brian Blair, according to <laughs> Iron Sheik, was attacked by Dan Spivey, and Herb Abrams reportedly did a third-week, third-rate Gene Oakland mock shack over the whole thing. Abrams also announced at, that the promotion would start on Sports Channel America as part of a three-hour block with kickboxing and boxing called Feet, Fists, and Fury. Hence why the UWF show on Sports Channel America was called the Fury Hour. So what? that's a great combination, guys, right? Wrestling, kickboxing, and boxing. It works on some levels, kind of, sort of. It, it, they're related-ish. That's the a thinker. That's a thinker. Yeah, whoever at Sports Channel America thought about that. Brilliant on you folks. At the press conference, Abrams claimed he signed Dr. Death Steve Williams and Terry Gordy to, quote-unquote, three-year contracts at the press conference. Okay. Sure, Herb. He also claimed that Black Jack Mulligan would be the booker for the company. But here's the problem, guys. See, Black Jack Mulligan at the time was in jail because he was counterfeiting money. Yeah, that would be... uh bit of a problem yes yeah so 
I don't know. I, maybe maybe like Herb would go to the prison and call go on the phone, be like on the phone while he was while he was had some cocaine on a cocaine binge and tell book crack Jack, do you have any good booking ideas this week or something? I don't oh, know. Oh boy. <laughs> he also claimed that names like Sid Vicious and Akeem the African Dream would be joining the promotion also. Nope. He oh, and here's the best part, guys. Oh no, there's more. Wait, that wasn't the best part. No, this is better. Herb claimed that Bruiser Brody would be one of his top stars in the UWF, but here's the thing, guys. Bruiser Brody had been dead for two years at that point. Yeah. Whoops. (laughs) And when the Zombie Wrestling Federation now. No, that's not until we do ECW on sci-fi. We talk about <laughs> when someone informed Herb that Bruiser Brody was dead, Herb said, oh, he's just injured. <laughs> yep, he said that. Tis just a flesh wound. Just <laughs> oh, my God. But here's the thing. The promotion, to get some credibility, hired as their color commentator, Probably one of the biggest names as far as credibility goes. The legendary Bruno Sammartino. Mm-hmm. Yes. Instant cred. Yes. Bruno Sammartino, of course, former WWWF champion. He had been the world champion there for 12 out of 14 years between 63 and 77 when he lost the belt the second time to superstar Billy Graham. And he had been... He had been out of the WWF, I think, for about two years at that point. So his his name carried a lot of star power to give it instant some instant credibility with fans. So okay, so you got so you got the promotion started. Okay, so Herb Abrams was supposed to have his first TV taping in Anaheim on September thirteenth, nineteen ninety. But here's the here's are you ready for this? Here's a funny story, guys. The building that there was going to be used for the taping the day before the show, the city of Anaheim sent a letter to Herb that he did not have a permit for the taping in the building since the building was supposed to be used for quote-unquote entertainment purposes and not sports. The show never took place. It was speculated by Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter there was either a problem with taping the show or that the owner of the building didn't want a wrestling show in the building. And Herb... Guess what? Her blamed the reason on the show not being taped. What? He blamed it on Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, sure. Herb would also make outrageous claims that certain wrestlers were on their way to the UWF. According to the Pro Wrestling Torch in October of 1990, the UWF claimed to have contract negotiations with Stan Hansen, the British Bulldogs, the Midnight Express, the Freebirds, Owen Hart, and SD Special Delivery Jones, among others. Spoilers, guys. None of them signed with the UWF. I'm shocked. This is my shocked face. Yes. Chico took my line. You know, it, it is a shame they didn't sign Owen Hart because I would have loved to have seen a UWF show booked by Bruce Hart. See if he had any, any genius stuff like the West Edmonton Mauler. Uh, I believe they had some. I believe they had the uh, Saskatchewan snowshoe. I don't know. 
I, I think that might be an episode for another day. Hmm. So the UWF finally debuted on September 24th, 1990 in a country club in California. 21 matches at the show were taped for Sports Channel America, with most of the matches ending in either a DQ, a countout, a double disqualification, or a double countout. Man, How that- do you disqualify something when it's an obvious work? How is that even possible? How do you have multiple disqualifications? What is now? up with this? this, 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 this. Well, really? It should be noted, guys, that this show was reportedly booked by that jabroni Brian Blair. So that (laughs) explains a lot. The highlight of the taping. Okay, are you ready, guys? Now, I I mentioned earlier about Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Now, there, there are some people who are listening to this who might not know who Dave Meltzer is. So Dave Meltzer, for those who don't know, he was he's considered like one of the premier wrestling journalists okay he i believe at this time in 1990 he had a column in i a newspaper that i know mike holds near and dear probably near and dear to his heart the national you're darn right i love the national absolutely yeah for those who don't know what the national was that was the 1990 version of the athletic that might be our initial episode on a patreon podcast it was a thing at the newsstand yeah I mean, they had like that was that was a that was a Frank DeFord joint, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you are right about that. Yes, yeah, yeah I believe it was the yeah because Dave's talked about how he was the editor of the paper. So yeah, so the highlight of this tape in Anaheim was Herb had a jobber called Davy the Observer Meltzer against Doctor Def Steve Williams, where Doctor Def beat the absolute crap out of Steve out of Davey Meltzer and after the match he Dr. Def wrote a note on a piece of paper and put it in the jobber's mouth according to the real Dave in his newsletter Herb wanted to get the smallest dumpiest guy to call him Davey Meltzer and the guy who did this was in his first bench and was against the idea but Herb told him to shut up and take the money oh that's great that's fantastic well that's a Herb Abrams answer shut up and take the money uh-huh. Yep. Also, Herb made this ridiculous claim that NBC International was going to syndicate the UWF overseas. Guys, can you imagine Warren Littlefield trying to syndicate this crap overseas? Oh, God. Are you kidding me? He, could, he couldn't even syndicate it in Peoria. <laughs> Herb was also criticized in the newsletters for his bad announcing and miscalling various moves. Yeah, probably because he was on very, too much of the, you know what? Mm, the la cocaína. Yeah. The uh, the dust, as it were. Nose yeah. candy. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. So at the start of 1991, Herb moved the operations of his company from California to New York City. At some point in 1991, Herb decided to get off the commentary and hire former WWF announcer Craig DeGeorge as his replacement to be teamed with Bruno Sammartino. Of course, Craig DeGeorge we mentioned in the XFL 2001 episode where his broadcast partner, of course, Mike, was. Do you remember? I'm going to feel like an idiot. I don't remember. It was Bob Golick. Ah, yes. Yes. Cleveland's own Bob Golick. Oh, not just Cleveland's own Bob Golick. He grew up in the city where I live. Yeah. 
He's Wycliffe's own Bob Golick. Thank you very much. And not only that, a future installment saved by the bell of the college years. Oh, I can't wait till we do that episode. Oh, man. We're going to do that. We're going to do all Saved by the Bell TV movies. Then we're going to do all seven seasons of the new class. Oh, Jesus. Streaming streaming on Peacock. (laughs) Can't wait. I may have to see if I can somehow get an interview with Bob Golick. You never know. Oh, that'll be. He lives in this area, so it's possible. He still lives in Wycliffe? What's he live next door uh, to you? He lives in the Cleveland area. I don't know if he still lives in Wycliffe. He may very well. Uh, I, I know he did some events last year. Uh, like um, uh, there was a barbecue rib cook-off, and he was like a celebrity judge signed autographs there. Oh, cool. So he's – yeah, he's still in Cleveland. He has a restaurant downtown, so. Nice. I'll play the Klaus card and see what the hell happens. Okay. All right, so – so back to the UWF. Okay, so there was a TV taping in 1991 at the Penta Hotel in New York City, which I should know, guys, is right across the street from Madison Square Garden, usually where the WWF would have their monthly house shows. So, yeah, uh-huh. another Herb trying to, to be a dick to Vince. So there was a lot of criticism in the newsletter because this show went – three hours, and at one point, the ring broke during a match with Dr. Def Steve Williams. Oops. That's not good. No, that's bad. No. Oh, but here's the best part, guys. Also, at this show, the Honky Tonk Man made an appearance on this show, but he didn't stay in the promotion after this because, shocker, the Honky Tonk Man didn't get paid for his appearance. One fan in a newsletter said that this show at the Penta Hotel was the worst show in wrestling history. Man, that's bad. That's yes. harsh. Yes. And this was also around in February 1991. Checks were bouncing left and right, and Vince was suing Herb to prevent him from using the Honky Tonk Man on his television because the Honky Tonk Man had just left the WWF at this point. And this is around the time where Herb was paying his town, as we saw in the Dark Side of the Ring episode in straight-up cash rather than checks. Yeah, because when you have no money, you need to give money, if that makes any sense. Yeah. and yeah, where they get- yeah, don't accept checks. Cash only. In God, in God we trust all others pay cash. Thank you, Gene Shepard. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a Gene Shepard line. That's a uh, callback to last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, according to Honky Tonk Man, in a K-Fave Commentaries You Shoot video with Sean Oliver, Honky Tonk got his money after asking the New York State Athletic Commission for help. The NY Athletic Commission found that Herb rented or used a wrestling license from another gym, and the Athletic Commission held the gym's bond money and paid the Honky Tonk Man. So, good on the New York State Athletic Commission. Thank you, New York State Athletic Commission, maybe? Also, apparently at one show, when the UWF was recording interviews, somebody in the office stole a VHS tape of all the interviews, and they actually said in an episode, we'd like to go to an interview with, with like, I don't know, Dr. Def Steve Williams or Wild Thing Steve Ray, but we don't have the footage. They actually said that on the tape of the episode. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. This is as low rent as you can get. Oh, but I got another great Herb Abrams story for you guys. You ready? 
I think. There was also a hilarious incident involving Herb Abrams on a wrestling hotline where a woman asked the hosts of the hotline for their opinions on the UWF and the bounce checks when the host discovered that they were talking to Herb Abrams' wife. Oh, jeez. And it gets better because the hotline was on the same network as the UWF's own hotline. And so, and so one day when the hosts were sick, because it was on the same network as the UWF hotline, who just so happened to take over the hotline one day? Herb Abrams. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So at this point, like, wrestlers were, like, complaining about Herb's unprofessional treatment and not getting all the mo- not getting all the money they needed and such it it was just a, it was just an absolute crap show at this point and also later on in 1991 herb would have tv tapings at universal studios florida which you can find on youtube and they're real weird they're outdoors and the ring is right where nickelodeon studios is and in fact you can even see nick studios in some shots and the stands in these episodes i swear to god they look maybe either half full or like a quarter full. Oh wow! Yeah. Now is this now is this ring? Is it like where the Sharps Aquos Theater is now, or is it like adjacent? It's kind of like in. Fr- it's kind of like on the grass area by where Nickelodeon Studios was. Yeah. So like in the middle, it's like in between Nick Studios and the Giant Globe. Then. Kind of yes. Okay. That's yeah. That's the yeah. That's an idea. But man, yeah. If you can find them on YouTube, those shows are real weird, guys. But oh, here we go. The UWF Beach Brawl 1991 pay per view. So the UWF held their first and only pay per view, Beach Brawl, in June of 1991 in Palmetto, Florida, at the Manatee Civic Center. Boy, that that's. What, if you want to hold a pay-per-view, where, where would you want to hold a wrestling pay-per-view? I'd have it in, like, New York City or Miami or, like, L.A. Nope, Palmetto, Florida. Uh. The main event of this show was the final round of a television tournament for the inaugural Sports Channel Television Championship between Steve Williams and Bam Bam Bigwell, where Dr. Death power slammed Bam Bam to win the match and become the inaugural Sports Channel TV champion. Now, if you've seen like the, one of the pictures they showed on Dark Side of the Ring, they have a picture of Herb holding the belt. And the, yeah. best, and the best part is on the sides of the belt, you have UWF. But the best part is when Herb's holding the belt, you have the letters in f- right in front. On the left side, you have the belt, you have F. And on the right side of the belt, you have U. F-U. Uh, that was- yes. But guys, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. Are you ready? Go on. This Go paper, on. shocker. This pay-per-view was a major failure. It was only able to generate a crowd of 500 people at the 4,000-seat Manatee Civic Center with a low buy rate of 0.10. And we have a review of this show from a good friend of ours who reviewed this on 411 Mania 
Mr. Adam Needif. Friend of the show, Adam Needif. Hi, Adam. Yes. Hi, Adam. Adam ranked this show two and a half out of ten, citing underwhelming finishes, nonsensical booking, and just plain disappointing matches. The show drew poorly as Herb overbooked a huge venue, and the tickets for this show... Okay, do you want to know the range for how much the tickets were? Oh, this can't be good if, if that's how you're starting this. There's a range? The range. Well, you think for, well... 1991. A semi-star, you think for a semi-star-studded wrestling match, maybe they might start at like $20, $25? $10. Okay, well, okay that, that's not too bad. Oh, wait, you want to know how it's much... It's affordable. A, how much a ringside seat was? $20. No. $50. What? $50 for a ringside seat. Yes. Well, t- technically, wasn't everything a ringside seat when you have 400 people in attendance? <laughs> <laughs> the, the pay-per-view was sold for $14.95, which was cheap compared to some of the WWF and WCW pay-per-views of the era, which were around $29.95. The attendance was 385 people paid, and it was only available in 1.7 million homes, and no cable systems in Florida or California, along with most of the Southeast, carried the show that's crazy that's, well, that's not good yeah that's yeah. not good no in fact a check of cable sale says it drew around twenty-two thousand buys so let's do some math here Twenty-two thousand buys at, at 14.95 a pop that's the equivalent of three hundred twenty-eight thousand nine hundred dollars in 1991 money that's uh, three hundred, almost yeah, three hundred thirty thousand. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, not not good in pay per view land. No. No. In fact, it was so bad the the buys for this pay per view that several cable companies supposedly canceled airing the show days before the event with no reason given, but it was presumed it was because of a lack of response from consumers. Wow. You don't say. Yeah. And according to reports, several bill collectors went after Herb following the show. Gee, I only wonder why they went after him. Because he left town without paying the building for the show. Oh, uh, no. 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 Not no good. Herb. No. Yeah. No, Herb. That's a bad Herb. Yeah. But uh, there, there's all oh, there's there's also this one great time on the UWF show, where allegedly, okay, Herb Abrams was owed money by Wild Thing Steve Ray, and wrongly suspected that Ray was sleeping with his wife. Oh boy! So on, so allegedly on May tenth, nineteen ninety one, at a TV taping in New York City. Abrams paid $100 to break Ray's nose during the match. Oh, but, boy. But according to Steve Ray, this never, the $100 thing never happened. But here's the funny part. When you watch the footage of this match, Herb Abrams gets into the ring, and he whispers for Steve Ray to take a shot at him. Because, he, of course, he was, yeah. Yeah, because you know, Herb Abrams, he wants to get involved in everything. And so Steve Ray tries to hit <laughs> 
Thorpe Abrams to make the people in the the in the 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 newsletter world be like, oh, this is a shoot, brother. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's the one thing I want to mention about Herb Abrams is he was like ahead of his time. He was like the he was like the wrestling promoter who would get involved with other people's crap. And this was like years before like Vince did it in WWF with Steve Austin, like in the late nineties. So, so he was like a pioneer at this point. That's one way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Only time you'll ever hear Herb Abrams and Pioneer. Oh, and Herb at one point was so pathetic at trying to beat Vince that allegedly at one point, because Herb Abrams is crazy, he actually called Vince asking that he wanted to buy the WWF. Bold. Oh, yeah. Very bold. Yeah. So around sometime around 1991 to 92, after the UWF was taken off Sports Channel America, a mix of new and old UWF programs aired on Prime Ticket. Now this would be like the, this would kind of just, it was kind of sort of around, sort of, but not really on TV that much. But here's, here's the part where it gets even more insane. So it was at this point where, in September 1994, when Herb was inspired by Vince with WrestleMania 9, where it was at Caesars Palace, Herb, in his, his infinite wisdom, thought, I can do that too. So he booked the MGM Grand Arena for a three-hour special on Sports Channel called the Blackjack Brawl. And guys, you're not going to believe this. But here in New York, the first part of the show was preempted. In, in, in New York. In New York. In New York. In New York, do you want to know what it was preempted for? What it was oh, it yes. preempted for? The first part of the show was preempted due to an overrun of a preseason NHL game between the Islanders and the Devils. Oh, darn. I was hoping it would be an episode of Twin Peaks. Or Star Trek. Oh, hey, come hey, on. Have we told you guys everything goes back to Star Trek <laughs> Next Generation, Twin Peaks, Night Court, Married with Children, Making It, and uh, what's the other one? I don't know. By well, Magic of Hollywood Squares Hour. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Duh. But but you know yeah. what? Give me give me a couple of weeks. We could add Doctor Who to the list. Sure. We may- oh, I bet you we might add something t- in the next episode. Wink, wink. Yeah. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. So okay. Once again, like in at. The beach roll. Her again books a venue way too large, and the best part is in a match between Superfly Jimmy Stucker and Cactus Jack, you could see them brawling out in front of the crowd with tons and tons of empty seats. That's just an insult. I mean, uh, I could make a joke about empty seats right here, but I know, uh, but I'm no fool. No, the show's main event featured Dr. Death Steve Williams defeating Sid Vicious by... Okay, guys, do you know what he won the match by? Do you want to take a guess? Disqualification. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, he did. And by the way, when you watch the show, it is clear that you can see her, that Herb Abrams is just like coked out of his, his goddamn skull. And the best part is when you watch the Chiron on Herb, it's... Mi- 
It's Mr. Uh, Electricity. Mr. Electricity, and he looks like he's cooked up on speedballs. Oh, yeah. You want to hear a funny story according to Mick Foley's book about why Herb Abrams was called Mr. Electricity? Why? Because according to his wife, he really turns me on. Yes. I'll just say this. I, I just wish that this was a video podcast so you could just see my reaction to all of that. Oh, we have a video of your reaction. Oh, we're recording. We, we can get a video grab somehow. <laughs> it might be like the size of a postage stamp, but we can get a we'll, video grab We'll your post reaction. it on Twitter. This was Chico's reaction to Mr. <laughs> You're Lincoln. damn right we are. Oh, God. <laughs> but one of the best parts about the Blackjack Crawl is the ring announcer, Steve Rossi, who was once involved in a comedy team back in the day, I found out doing research, with Morty Allen. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't know why he was doing the ring announcing for this show. I, I guess they must have, I guess they needed somebody to ring announce this show. But the best part, I mean, one of my favorite parts, and we're going to edit it in here, is this match between Cowboy Bob Orton and the former Ludwig Borger from the WWF, who is going by the name Thor. And this is how Steve Rossi talks about Thor on his way out of the ring. Hasn't finished yet. He's Thor, ladies and gentlemen. Thor! Thor! Everybody shout that. Thor! It doesn't work. If you tell the audience what to do, it just doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it's a natural thing. <laughs> oh, no. But, oh, he has several great gems throughout the show. The full show is up on YouTube, folks. You have to l- listen to his announcing. It is so great. But, oh, that's not even the best part about this show. Okay. The best part is, in a match, wrestler Mondo Guerrero comes out to the ring. And guess what his ring entrance music was, guys? I don't know. Okay, you ready? Taco Grande by Weird Al Yankovic. (laughs) Coming down the aisle from Mexico City, Mexico, Mondo Guerrero. Mundo Guerrero at a height of five foot nine, two hundred and five pounds of dynamite. Let me hear from Mundo Guerrero, ladies and gentlemen. Mundo Grande. Why they play Taco Grande? I don't know. Maybe they didn't they... have the rights to Rico Suave. That's, I don't... that's probably why. They probably like get a sound alike. And they probably like, okay, Taco Grande, that works. Unsurprisingly, critics called Blackjack Brawl the worst wrestling show of 1984. But here's the best part, guys. It gets better. Oh, God, it gets better. It gets better because this didn't make the show. But at one point, Herb Abrams gets over the PA. And he says, let's hear it for the Jews. (laughs) No. 
<laughs> yup. <laughs> Let's hear it for the Jews. Oh, my... No, just, just, no, no, no. You need to shut up, Herb. You are making less sense than usual, which isn't a lot of sense to begin with, mind you. Yeah. And guys, sadly, this was the last UWF show. Now, supposedly, it, it's, it's been recently uncovered that Herb Abrams is supposedly planning another UWF show on for Sports Channel in early 1996. But sadly, this never happened. Could you imagine how much more of a train wreck we could have gotten? Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. But that wouldn't be the end for the UWF because it would have a long life in reruns because sometimes in the mid-1990s, reruns of the UWF would air on ESPN2 and then starting in 2008 to the mid-2010s, as I mentioned at the start, they aired on ESPN Classic. Because you need content. Yeah. Content! Yeah, they had a, they, ESPN Classic had a lot of... Like they aired a lot of good old wrestling stuff. They had like all the old AWA episodes from like the late 80s. Oh, and wait a minute. Do we have the Global Wrestling Federation on the list? I don't think I so, don't... no. Okay, yeah, good. I don't think so. The Global Wrestling Federation is going to be a future entry because God knows I want to talk about the time they had a bungee cord match in the Global Wrestling Federation. Oh, yeah, that happened. They had a bungee cord match in the Global Wrestling Federation. But yeah, uh, ESPN Classic, about 10 years ago, maybe even a little bit longer, they had like wrestling overload. Oh, yeah. As I mentioned, AWA, Global Wrestling Federation, any wrestling that they aired like on ESPN back in the day, they have like a copy of. Of course. Yeah. I'm not even getting to that one episode of Cheap Seats where they had like Mid-South Wrestling on. Oh boy, that oh was some, that was some, with the Iron Sheik, no less. Mid South Wrestling live from Thornton Arena. We, is that the same one we're talking about? Yeah, nice. Yeah, of course. Mid South Wrestling, of course, would later become the original version of the UWF, as you already, as I already told you. <laughs> so, okay, now we get to the best part, guys, about Herb Abrams. This is what you probably all were waiting for: how he died. Oh, no. Sadly, guys, on July 23rd, 1996, Herb Abrams died of a heart attack while in police custody. And before his death, police had found Abrams in his Manhattan office, naked, covered in baby oil and cocaine, destroying furniture with a baseball bat. I, I, I shouldn't be laughing at this. I, I really should not be laughing at this. Yeah, and there's this great story Mick Foley told about when when he told his wife about how Herb Abrams died, he read it in the paper, and he was just he was just laughing at how he died because it was like, yeah, that's 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 definitely the way he was gonna go out. Yeah, that's Herb exactly. Uh huh. Just <laughs> die of a heart attack covered in baby oil and cocaine. Yeah, naked. Yeah, that that, that is, yeah. 
And supposedly Abrams' ex-girlfriend said that during the last few years of his life, he allegedly had experienced paranoia while high on cocaine, allegedly owed various people money, and insisted on destroying furniture to find non-existent bugging devices he believed were secretly recording him. Oh, boy. Yeah. Drug-induced paranoia. Yep. That doesn't sound familiar at all. Yeah. And for more, you can, of course, watch... Dark Side of the Ring from Viceland on Herb Abrams, which, by the way, guys, we did a live show on, as we mentioned last month. So you can listen to us while you watch the episode. And gosh knows Viceland repeats Dark Side of the Ring often enough where it shouldn't take terribly long for them to come around to the Herb Abrams episode. Yeah. And even if they don't repeat it, I'm sure it's available on demand. Oh, it's oh, on I, I would put money on that, Ed. Absolutely. It's on YouTube, so you guys can find it. So Herb Abrams is buried, actually, maybe a good half hour by my house at New Montefiore Cemetery in West Babylon, New York. And guys, hopefully one day I'll go over to that cemetery and I'll pay my respects to Herb Abrams and I'll leave a bottle of baby oil by his coffin. Oh, Oh, no, no. Greg, come on! He would. I bet he would have gotten a kick out of that. He'd gotten. He would have gotten a kick out of that. I'm not worried about him getting a kick out of it. I'm wondering how visitors would feel about it. They wouldn't know. You're sure you're not secretly getting a kick out of this, Greg? Okay, you know, Greg. Knowing you, you'd go over there with a bottle of baby oil. And it would have a sticker on it saying, as heard on, it was a thing on TV.com. Yeah, Greg, you'd do that. I would. You're damn right I would. And I'd pour one out for old Herbie. Because, dear Lord, this man is a legend. And everyone needs to know about about the legend of Herb Abrams. Yep. He couldn't promote or host worth a dang, but he sure could make... A thing on TV. He was, dare I say it, the P.T. Barnum of his day in wrestling? Something like that. Eh, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll accept that. Yeah, I, I thought you might accept that. It, it's maybe not the best comparison, but it's definitely not a wrong comparison. It's a comparison. Yeah, it's a it comparison. A, it, it's, it's a comparison. You got that right. Yeah. But guys, you can listen to every episode of this show all of our past shows on it was a thing on tv.com and of course we're on the socials we're on instagram we're on the tumblr we're on the facebook we're on the jack dorsey's hate box we're on the discord so yeah we're on the place to be nation pop we're everywhere yes we are yep but what's coming up uh, later this week oh my god we had to call an audible because well, yeah, we had to call an audible because the topic that we originally had planned, uh, just with the current state of affairs in our society, we thought, no, we're not going to do that for the uh, this week for 2020. We've had we have had enough problems this year. Well, maybe by 2021, we'll all be hopefully okay. Yeah, gosh knows. Just like in the last three months, I think we've altered our schedule maybe half a dozen times because yeah. of the happenings in the world. Yeah, by the way, guys, Herb Abrams' UWF was not 
the original topic for this week, just so you know, like three months ago. Yeah, but I don't think that was changed necessarily due to the goings-on in the world. No, 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 no. That was due because it was supposed to be tie into a movie that had to be postponed due to COVID-19. Uh, you know? Oh, yes, that one. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And we, we'll save that for next year. So Yeah, yeah when, when it's properly released, hopefully next year. Yeah. But we'll give you a little um, spoilers to the next episode's topic. And, and uh, remind me if this sounds familiar. I see what you did there. Ah, you get it. Yeah. yeah. I, know you, I know you two get it, but will our listeners get it? Well, well, they'll th- get it on Thursday. That's when they'll get it. Oh, yeah, they'll get it on Thursday. Absolutely. Everybody will get it on Thursday. Yeah. Oh, everybody's going to, well, phrasing. Yeah. By the way, guys, fun fact. This is the first episode that we're recording on Zoom. We decided to do this as an experiment to see how it would work. As you can see, it worked terribly. It yeah. Means, yeah. Well, give us feedback. Let us know how this compares to how we normally record the other episodes. If it's clear, if there's little breaks in the audio. I mean, let us know. Uh, let us have feedback about how this went. Because if this is better than what we've been doing, we'll continue doing this. If not, we'll go back to the old way. Yeah. Contact it. It was a thing on TV.com. Also. Another way that you can get our podcast, and I just found this out by experimenting the other day, is if you own an Amazon Echo, you can say, and watch, it's going to play in the background, Alexa, play the podcast, It Was a Thing. Getting It Was a Thing on TV, an anthology on forgotten television from Apple Podcasts. Resuming episode 68 began show finales of June 20th, 1980 and the David Letterman show. Okay. Shut up. As always, thank you for listening. And Thursday will be a new episode of It Was a Thing on TV on your favorite podcasting service. Row! The opinions on Herb Abrams. I don't know who that is. Oh, did she say that? (laughs) Damn it, Craig, why are you bringing Keith Lynn to this? I, I, wa- I want her to know about Herb Abrams. Everyone should I, know about Herb Abrams. I don't know who that is. Who is okay, that? Let, me, let me just explain in, a, in the Cliff's Notes version. He, oh, was a rest- he was a wrestling promoter. He was a oh, horrible wrestler. I don't want to hear anymore. I don't want to oh. hear anymore. I don't want to cloud my brain with irrelevant data. I'm okay. I'm handing the your headphones back. Oh right? no no no! You're gonna no, you want to no, hear this? No, 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 oh no 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 no! He, he died. He died in baby oil. No 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 no